We are Power Crystals. Conversations with Jason Perez and Leah Garza. Getting cute. Critical and and metaphysical. Jason. Hi, Lee. <laughs> this is a very special episode of We Are Power Crystals, and this is like the first time that we've ever done this. Yeah, we wanted to, well, so many people DM us about the podcast or talk to us in person, and everyone is always interested in having more of a conversation, and we wanted to... Um, share those tiny conversations we have with people individually. Mm -hmm. Um, So we reached out through Leah's Instagram and asked people to submit some burning questions for us. Yes. So this is kind of like our homage to an advice, an (laughs) advice column, an advice episode. So let's just get into some questions. So the first question that I have is asking us, how did we meet and what connected us? Yeah. That's a good question. It is a good question. I mean, it's a pretty boring question, though, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What year was it? It was two summers ago. 2018? 2018. Well, I feel, I feel like I technically yeah, met yeah. you for the first time in 2017, because that's when we did the remodel at Most Angels. I don't remember you. Oh. Oh. that time. Well. <laughs> I just stood... Were you there? Yes, I was there. Well, because I only did one week. I met you once, and then I had to, like, leave to... But there was a bunch of people there? Yeah, there was a bunch of people, and I also had to stop helping because I had to get ready for... I did, like, six vendor events. Were you painting? I did painting. I did the floor grinding. I did... Okay, see, I must have met you when you were leaving. Okay. Because I got there after the floor grinding. Okay, that's how much work we did. So, but we met at Mostly Angels LA, um, which is where we both currently work doing our healing work now. But that's not necessarily what connected us. What connected us was, well, we would work at the store at the same time a lot of days. So we just started talking about music about stupid things mean comments <laughs> uh i don't know well we, you also took a class that me and julian did okay the yeah Pathway i feel like Freedom. that's more where we really like got to know each other better yeah, yeah. it was a group setting not like a one-on-one but yeah yeah julian and leah put together this experimental hybrid of some of the modalities they do and I went to the class. It was three days. It was very intimate and intense. <laughs> intense. People were crying. Mm-hmm. Lots of triggers. Lots of traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of healing. And that's where I got my first taste of what you're about. Mm-hmm. It was very like I don't know what the word political. Yeah. 
decolonial. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I shared the work of decolonize your intuition. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But then also very, like, compassionate and... Akashic. Akashic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. wrote that great essay. <laughs> you wrote that great essay? Wait, wait, what? I don't know. One of the exercises was to, like, go home and journal about something. Mm. Oh, yeah. But I stayed up until, like, three in the morning writing this, like, four-page letter essay thing, Mm -hmm. connecting all the dots that I felt, like, were floating around. Have you reread that again? No. You should. I wonder if you'd be embarrassed. No. No, usually I'm embarrassed of my old writings. Maybe. But I feel like that was one of the first things where I was trying to, like, synthesize my, some of my personal dots. Yeah. Is the like academia, like political decolonial stuff, and then here's like the spiritual, yeah, shamanic energy stuff, yeah. And I had never before that felt like they were like intertwined, mm. or like I couldn't like figure out how they connected, yeah. but they were connecting because I they're like both in my yeah body, my head experience yeah so that was like a and now you can't separate them huh no yeah can't separate nothing yeah i know which Um, is cool i guess i feel like that class was an important way for us to connect but it or like to get to know each other but it wasn't like our connection connection because i feel like sorry there's really loud people outside my apartment (laughs) a kid yelling um i feel like it was just working together because we have Saturdays together. Yeah. Where it's I just the two of us. We started getting up close and personal. My dad had just died. Yours had been dead. Yeah. So he had been dead. Yeah. <laughs> See, so what remember, happened was. <laughs> I think it was like Father's Day. It was. And we like made like a little. first Father's Day yeah. after. And we did like a little ritual. We made a little altar or something. Altar. Put their pictures up. And then we were both just crying silently crying yeah. in front of each other yeah <laughs> at work and then we started just talking about having the conversations that led up to the creation of this podcast mm-hmm. which was just like about colonialism about queerness and sexuality and gender about mm-hmm. like but all like in a very silly way because i know that like we couldn't have sustain these conversations if they weren't also making us laugh right and also like yeah. making fun of ourselves yeah and like just i don't know it was yeah. nice yes and bound to happen like because now i feel like our work is profoundly intersected oh yes yeah and i was like did not see that coming yeah i thought i was just gonna sell some crystals and yeah Pull some cards for some visitors and, you know, and whatever. I'm in a PhD program. I'm in a... Because <laughs> I convinced you to just apply. You didn't convince me. Point well, it the way. Yeah, that's true. I've been looking for a while. Is it super noisy? I don't care. Okay. All right. We're, again, <laughs> we're in... We're real people, like... In an apartment. <laughs> just do things wherever you're at. Yeah. That's it. I want our voices to be clear audio-wise, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we can't pretend that we have some kind of, like, soundproof studio, because we don't. We're recording mm-hmm. in East Hollywood in my apartment. So you're going to hear the sounds of East Hollywood. 
coming through. That was great. Okay, next question? Yeah. Okay, the next question is about cleansing rituals after sex work or for purchase work. Um, This is a really good question, and I feel like it's always in the periphery of my conversations on Instagram for some reason. Mm -hmm. But I haven't, like, talked about this directly. Yeah. But... So what what's your intuition tell you around this? Well, I'm also not a sex worker, but um, I feel like this question is can be like broadened a little bit. Like, what do you do after sex if you hooking up with someone who maybe you don't like or whose vibe you're not feeling, but you're doing it anyways for whatever reason? Um, there's You've probably heard this if you're any type of spiritual. They're like, oh, people's energy stays with you for seven years after you've had sex. And so be cautious about who you hook up with. And to me, that always felt like not true mm. or just like that's manipulative or like puritanical. It seems... And it's shaming. Yeah. And like it's... The intention is not to keep you pure. Like, I don't believe you can ever be pure or impure. So, if you... I know so many people have mentioned that, like, over the years. I've never heard that, actually. Never? No. I'm shocked at how frequently I hear it. Wow. And I'm... Every time I'm like, I don't believe that at all. Yeah, that seems incredibly Judeo-Christian, dogmatic judgment based yeah nothing related to actual energy because if you know how energy works you would know that it's a flow it's shifting in vibration mm-hmm. you like yeah that's that's really unfortunate yeah huh so i would say number one like there's no way for that energy to hang on to you for seven years yeah um and i always like to think of it like first the easiest thing to do is just take care of your body so like yeah. bathing showering whatever um and then just do normal cleansing things mm-hmm. i don't feel like it's a a, a separate category of, yeah. of cleansing um yeah one cool thing and very practical thing that someone our coworker shared is just doing a salt scrub in the shower because salt is cleansing. Yeah. And then you're in the shower anyways. Yeah. I was going to say salt. I was actually going to say like, um, if you can't get to like a shower, like, um, this sounds maybe like, Oh, not fun, but like spraying yourself with salt water even Mm -hmm. is very cleansing, energetically cleansing. Um, or you can do other things like I, I like in the clearing spray that I make, it has, um, you know, lavender, eucalyptus, mm-hmm. tea tree, peppermint, which are all like very clearing, energetically clearing, um, like plant yeah. oil oils. Yeah. So I use those. Yeah. That's really cool. If you don't have, if you can't carry anything on you, just like. Rubbing your hands together and just brushing your body with your hand and yeah. like commanding 
any energy from that person to like leave you. Yeah. Like just physically wipe your hands on your body from head to toe. Yeah. And any areas that you feel like they're lingering. Yeah. That definitely works. Um, Like clapping or snapping around yourself and like commanding the energy to go. Yeah. Um, That's something really easy. Um, Anything else? Um, No, but I would also just say that like, for me, the most powerful thing that helps, like, I'm also not a sex worker, so I cannot speak to what the experience is like, but I would say I've absolutely had transactional sex in my life. <laughs> exactly. That didn't, I did not feel very clean afterwards or good about. Yeah. And um, I would say that, like, recentering and grounding myself in the belief even if I don't fully believe it like having the mantra of like I am empowered I'm safe I make mm. you know like like one of the things I think that is ickiest for me in those kinds of moments is that like I somehow felt like I lost ownership of myself yeah and that feels awful so like being able to like reground myself in the understanding that I'm inherently I'm inherently free I'm inherently unable to be possessed or owned by another human being even if my physical circumstances didn't feel like that um the belief work for me is the most cleansing Mm. work that I could do for myself yeah yeah I love that Yeah, I feel like we're trying to get to the root of, like, there's no way for you to be impure. Not at all. There's no way for you to be someone's property or, like, damaged by them, even. Yeah. Um, and But what what we're talking to, it transcends death, though. Like, on a soul level, you are never anyone else's property. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just, like, say that, like, we're answering this from total ignorance of the experience of people who have been, like, trafficked or have made the decision to be on, like, doing this work, like, for a living or on the street. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't do, we don't know. So, we're doing that. We're answering the best of our ability. From what our imagination allows. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, in another way... Because, I mean, in a very metaphorical way, the way that we look at sex in our society makes it so that almost everyone is having transactional sex. Yeah. One time I hooked up with someone so I could use their shower. There you go. So you got clean afterwards. <laughs> it was like, what a weird thing to yeah. do. Not to do, but like in the context of this question like yeah if you if you feel like you want more information on this i would direct you to one of our favorite people oh yes um queen's got skills at queen's got skills romina is very knowledgeable um and she has her own line of energy sprays mm-hmm. Yes. For manifesting, cleansing, protection. Yeah. Exactly. And, but also she is like, does the work 
in like the sex work industry mm-hmm. with sex workers to work through trauma to work on meditation like she is an amazing healer totally she has like such a cool skill set and yeah. so accessible yeah i love her wow we love you romina <laughs> all right let's move on to our next question so this question is about rituals we could recommend to ask permission from crystals to utilize them so what do you where do you think this question is coming from it sounds like they want to use crystals respectfully um to honor them maybe like there's like an ethical question in there Mm -hmm. what are you getting um i definitely immediately thought about like the way crystals are mined yeah. That they're mined very unethically. There, um, there are incredible human rights violations through the mining process. There's extraction that is really damaging, exploding things underground, fracking stuff like that, to bring crystals to the surface, diamonds, um, rare earth minerals, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, we also acknowledge the consciousness and the agency of the crystal kingdom. So. Are we, like, when we use crystals, are we in right relationship with them? Are we engaging with them equitably? Are we respecting them? Are we giving respect to the all the hands that they've passed through mm-hmm. to get to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What kind of ritual? Do you... Do you consider that when you're using crystals, or what do you think? Yeah, definitely, like, the same thing I do with plants is, like, connect with the spirit behind the physical form in front of you. Because um, I feel like, ultimately, that is the thing that is doing the most work, um, or lending its power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, like, I feel like it's important for people in their healing work to be like to anything you use a plant or a crystal or whatever like it's a relationship and not like a command or like a yeah. domination over that thing yeah so you get the most out of it when you're in relationship to something meaning like you're connected to it like there's a dialogue there's exchange there's like acknowledgement and recognition between you both and I feel like when you approach it that way, you don't need so many crystals or so many plants because any single one of those things has so much power in just the one type. Like it can do mm-hmm. mostly anything, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's a cool way to approach it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, early in my crystal <laughs> like explorations, I remember I took a class with someone... And I think it was like actually a psychic protection class, but we talked about crystals and she insisted that we should pray to the crystal, like pray over the crystal that, um, like healing and gentleness or equity or whatever the thing was be brought to all of the hands that through which the crystal passed. Yeah. And it really, for the first time brought my awareness to, 
the dangers and the unethical ways that crystals are extracted. Um, and now at this point, I can't not situate crystals directly in the lineage of colonialism yeah. and extraction economies yeah. and like the, you know, abuse of human rights that are happening to extract them. So I don't know what is good enough though, because mm-hmm. I'm like, if we acknowledge the crystals, then we have to acknowledge who sewed our clothes who made your phone like and how dangerous everything. who's recycling your phone and how mm-hmm. the the amount of like harm that people like in China are incurring through recycling our phones yeah. through manufacturing our phones yeah. our cars our food your bananas exactly like every little if thing. you eat meat like mm-hmm. like it becomes this like ever spreading web of of questioning ethics everywhere which is what we should be doing but to isolate simply the crystals as here's the one thing i do but to disavow all the other places where we're still a part of the extraction economy and like the abuses of indigenous rights economy mm-hmm. um I feel like we have to situate ourselves in that nexus. It's a nexus of colonialism and colonial economies. And then at the same time, it feels like so overwhelming. They're like, well, I can't do anything about all this stuff. So I'm going to do nothing about all of it. So then to me, I'm like, well, I have to have compassion for the fact that I am not going to save anyone or anything. I'm one person in a giant sphere of this. Mm Mm-hmm. But what could I do right now? What could I do energetically? What could I do? And even speaking on it in this podcast and sharing this, what can I do with my dollars? How can I divert them to places that are more ethical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it opens up a lot for me, but I clear my crystals. I pray to them. I speak to them. I consider them equal in consciousness. Yeah. I always make a dedication mm. um if there's like a new one in the bench to like i dedicate our work together to be for the highest good of each of us mm. and to make a commitment to be like unattached to what that work is and to answer the call that is emerging between me and the plant or the crystal this goes out this guy My little girl <laughs> Sad girl from your love. This goes out to Jason Rosemary from Jason. Can't wait to be with you again, baby. <laughs> if you don't know no. me by now. <laughs> no. But when you said dedication, I couldn't help but think of Art LeBeau. But yeah, yeah, and that's probably where it came from. But even like, like, like the de- dedications themselves are like speech acts to let it be known that there's a commitment like whether it's art LeBeau or whether it's your crystals, like it's an act, it's a speech act. It's like to allow it to be known that I'm committing something to this person, to this crystal, to yeah. the being yeah. in reverence of them. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And um, really just do the best you can. Yes. That's all we can do is the best we can do. Yeah. And also to like, 
deny crystals that their own agency that they somehow find their li- their way into our lives mm-hmm. because they have agency. If we are to deny that, then we really aren't being in vert- in hierarch in horizontal relationship. We're being in a hierarchical relationship that we have the better intelligence that we are more powerful and yeah i always think of like finding shells or like rocks at a beach like yeah that thing found you yeah like it was there's no reason to notice one yeah. rock in a pile yeah like it's like screaming at you yes so we just got a new crystal at our shop called ancestral light <laughs> And I started doing, re- I know, it's like the ancestors are everywhere. It's almost kind of a joke. But I started doing the research on Ancestralite, and you're right, it is a pseudomorph. Oh. It's a pseudomorph of martite, which is a variety of hematite. And it turns out that, I didn't know this, but hematite is one of the first formed minerals on this planet. Ooh. So it's one of the most ancient first beings here wow. and it's hardly changed from its original like composition and that it's formed in the core of the earth so like ancestral so the martite is formed in the very core of the earth and it takes like hundreds of millions of years through pressure and like internal shifts to push it to the surface and now even though ancestralite is one of the most ancient crystals it's only coming to the surface now which tells me like oh yeah there's a reason mm-hmm. why there's absolutely a reason why like i ended up bringing up buying a piece and bringing it home because i just <laughs> it was talking to me it like speaks directly to all the work yeah, that i'm funny, interested I took in took one too that same day really <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> I loved it once I started doing all the research on it. I want to open its records. But, like, it just makes so much sense. Like, oh, you're coming to the surface now when we need you to do all this intergenerational trauma work and all this, like... Yeah, that also tells me, like, the, like, it's not as easy to max out the Earth as, like, we think it is. Yeah. Like, it's just doing its own thing that... Maybe we don't even know about. Well, I don't think we can max out the earth. No. I, we're afraid of maxing ourselves out. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, That's a whole so other cool. topic, but hopefully we'll get into. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> that was a good question. Yeah. Thanks, Asker. Listener. Asker. Listener. Yes, listener and Asker. <laughs> okay. Um here's another really good one so how do we deal with family members or the or public criticism when we do spiritual work for a living oof yeah um i feel like there's only a handful of people maybe actually just one person who has any sort of weird opinion about what i'm doing they're very Christian. They have really leaned into homophobia also. So to me, that's like those things coincide. Like you just have such a limited view of how a person can be in the world. So of course, like homophobic and imagining me as some demon, devil yeah. practitioner. Yeah. 
they go together. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I don't really have such a strong relationship with that person. But they definitely are not supportive of what I'm doing. How do you deal with it, though? I don't. I don't oh. deal with them at all. Well, Which you don't is... deal with them, but how do you deal with it? Like, Yeah. I don't know. I just have to... I think of it as like, you know what? It's not that I even truly chose to be doing these things. It's yeah. like... There was no way to plan this. Yeah. And it's just the thing that found me or yeah. like the thing that is emerging with me or yeah. through me. And so it really feels out of my control at this point. Like, yeah. There's no way for me to stop because even if I stop, like this thing I'm doing is going to come with me. Yeah. In any professional or not professional workplace. In yeah. any relationship even. Yeah. Um, so for me, I just have to set like a really hard boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, with them and we don't talk about my work I don't try not to talk about their church yeah um, it's really uncomfortable their name is I'm just kidding <laughs> their address is um, how often do you have to see them never oh well then uh, but sex is we were so close so close before like growing up growing up as adults like recently it's just a very recent thing five years into this lift wow yeah they're really terrible but i love them yeah i still love them yeah of course and i'm praying for them (laughs) just kidding (laughs) trigger warning (laughs) that's one thing they always say i just pray that you'll see the light of god's love every day i do yeah i pray that it wakes me up in the morning it's my alarm clock the light of god's love like all the time i pray that you will receive the warmth of satan's flames (laughs) that's your prayer back to them (laughs) the warmth (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's really tough it is tough but i mean what can you really do? I wish they could say, like, name a specific relationship. Like, is it your parents? Mm-hmm. Is it your cousins? Because there's, to yeah. me, varying degrees. Like, yeah. if it's a cousin, whatever, I'll see you at parties. If it was, like, your your mom, your or, mom sibling. or sibling. Uh-huh. Or even grandparents are kind of, like, in between. Yeah, or best friend or something. Yeah. 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 What do you think? Um, I haven't had a tremendous amount of pushback in my life. I've had like little snide comments, like when I would meet up with my teaching friends, I've had some teaching friends who I'm not tight with or anything, but some people will be like, oh, your little business or, you know, kind of just showing that they dismiss the work I'm doing. Yeah. It's funny when I was in the LA times and I showed people they were like, oh, tell, tell me more. Wow. And I was like, that that sucks because I haven't changed. I just, you know. Well, like, I've been told you. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point. Like, 
people will probably make fun of you for having a crystal or like lighting a candle. Yeah. But you just have to know what is true for you, what works for you. Yeah. And also like to, what is the word? Like, like to know that this crystal or candle is not the true source of your power or like of what you're doing and you're doing the work of trying to find like a new way to be in the world that yeah that you can live in and something that helps yeah. you to survive and like which goes back to belief systems what's wrong with me? that yeah because there are worse things you can do absolutely i think um i don't know when i talk about belief systems what i mean is that in a in one sense I feel myself being completely outside of beliefs and seeing that I choose to believe what I believe in. Mm -hmm. That I could ignore the compulsion to go in this direction of spiritual work and just disavow it, just like dissociate, go in a different direction, Mm -hmm. stay, stay in my practical box that I was in, in this very physical realm. But I despite what I believe in, I have chosen to go in the direction of liberation and it feels more liberating to engage these beliefs than it does to disavow these beliefs. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it, but, but I recognize that like beliefs are shiftable there. You can transmute them. You can get rid of them. It doesn't feel like that, but it's true that they are like they're shiftable. And I recognize that like, the people who have given me the most criticism are unable to get into that perspective that their beliefs are shiftable. They believe only in what they believe in. And to me, that's like really coming from like a place of fear, or insecurity, totally or powerlessness. Yeah. yeah. Because like if they don't know how to be in a world that's not rigid, like, yeah. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Exactly. Yet. Because they have totally have the capacity to change. They go learn today. <laughs> I mean, we're approaching that day where let go or be dragged because yeah, things are yeah. flipping on their heads. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's just like for this cousin that I'm talking about, like she was not like that before. Okay, like, so it's a female cousin. Okay. <laughs> 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 just kidding. she was so like down and just open and like curious and excited about the world and then literally one month i don't know what happened but she flipped so but that just shows me like she adopted a whole new set of beliefs like you're saying which are the beliefs of the church the christian church so i'm like well maybe one day she'll just do another radical flip. Maybe. She, I, I feel like I know she would, just because I know her, like, yeah, you're restless under there. You're this is, like, what makes blanket. sense to her right now, but it And I'm just, her. I'm thinking, like, it's just a bridge on her way to somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. Better. One of the things I have noticed that, like, makes people judge me and it doesn't really have to do with spiritual work, although spiritual yeah. work gets lumped into this, is like how far outside of normal I am is very triggering and challenging for people that have known me for a really long time. Oh, yes. So like the weirder I get for some people, the more uncomfortable with 
And when I say weird, I mean like the the farther away from center, from normal, from you know the ideal American arc of life, from like whatever normalcy is, the farther away I get from that, the more resistant some people have gotten to me. Like I, they're they have more resistance to me, um, even though the core of who I am is the same core. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because those people are have have like maybe a, a sense of like like it's scary to think that reality is not stable you know it's scary to think yeah. that who yeah. i have been in their lives maybe that i'm somehow different now and i think that to protect themselves they like will put the the boundary between us mm-hmm. but then that also makes me think about like who has the capacity to hold space for differences of existence and beliefs. And am I going to ask someone who doesn't have the capacity to do something that's outside of their ability? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just had a flash of, maybe some understanding of what we're all doing here. Meaning the people who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. And you and I and the guests and everyone. We're trying to, are holding space like in this off center space. Like it's like we're building a camp together or holding a camp together and trying to figure out because there's not a whole lot over here. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I feel like it was, I don't remember, this is bad, and I apologize for this in advance, but the police had murdered a black woman, and I don't remember what her name was at this moment, but I remember that I posted something about what the records had shared about, like, she knew coming into this lifetime that this was going to happen, mm. and the a, per, a few people were like, how dare you? You're saying she got what she deserved. And I realized that they completely misunderstood me. I mean, they were like, I'm unfollowing you. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I felt really bad. And then I had to think about it and be like, no, no, no. They misunderstood what I said. And they might not agree with what I said. But what I was saying was not that, that she got what she deserved. But that, like, she, on a soul level, chose this life to be a teacher to the planet. And the way that it happened was through her death. And that was, yeah, I received a lot of criticism for that. And, but I, I stand by what I said, but it has to do a lot with like my spiritual beliefs. Right. Don't ignore or don't discount or don't, factor in my spiritual beliefs factor in that this lifetime is painful i feel like there's a conversation on like the difference between like destiny and like a soul purpose yeah because like in that case perhaps she was like fulfilling a soul purpose yeah but that doesn't mean that the power arrangements of like a militarized police force yeah and like a black woman being a target that's not destined to happen right like it's not something that should be happening right or like it's supposed to happen yeah but it's something that is happening and so there's people 
in this life and we are those people who are trying to steer the course in a different direction. Absolutely. And so yeah. there will continue to be those like ruptures that attempt to wake more people up or like yes. yeah. to shatter like some illusions. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was it was interesting to me to see my spiritual work is not separate from my political views, my mm-hmm. decoloniality mm-hmm. practice and praxis, my personal self-development like nothing it's it's all intertwined in such a deep way and it's it's hard though if you're a person experiencing the pain to somehow hear someone say that there's no relief from it or something or that they're Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. so i get where that person was coming from but i also had to hold fast and tight to like my original statement, I stand by it, that we came, even if life is painful, we came to live those exact lives. Yeah. For a reason of liberation of the greater planet of humanity and the soul, too. Yeah. I want to say that makes me feel like, although that all sounds terrible, more relaxed yeah. like I said earlier, like, th- this work will find me anywhere, even if yeah. I try to run from it. So there's no yeah. <laughs> escaping, like, what we came to do. Yeah. And there's no need to try because it's yeah. just going to find you anyways. Yeah. So. Yeah. Chill and out. I recognize that my work is going to, I'm not for everyone. Right. And I'm not for everyone. I'm not everyone's teacher. And not everyone is my teacher. And not everyone is here to learn the same thing. Exactly. Or to do the same thing. Exactly. Like, there's so many worlds happening in this one world. Yes. There's so many lives happening in this one life of one person. Yeah. I was... So today is the um, Super Tuesday primary... In California, if you're listening in another part of the world, it's the primary election for California. And I just was reflecting on how when I was 18, I'm going to turn 40 in a couple weeks. When I was 18, the very first time I voted, I was a registered Republican. Whoa. Yeah. I just. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, I just did what I was told. And my dad was conservative Republican, born again Christian. And I just listened to him. You know, like, I didn't question because I was, well, I mean, honestly, now I know that, like, I was seeking love and approval from my dad. So I would thought that it would right. help to follow his political views unquestioningly. But it's taken me until now to get to where I am now. Yeah. I have had many lifetimes already in this one lifetime. I would never go back to that. But I had to go through mm. that to get to here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I know. Next question. Okay. I know that was, that was, a, that could have been a That's way bigger a one. Question. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, okay. Any recommendations to help keep emotions at bay while working or speaking on social justice? I feel like it's kind of related to the last question a little bit. Yeah. That's a really good I feel question. Like I'm of two perspectives on this. Like, yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't keep your emotions at bay. Yeah. Like, 
Who is that for? Yeah. Like, I remember a time where I was so afraid of emotions mm-hmm. and like did not know how to be in front of people crying, like did not know how to cry, did not know mm-hmm. how to feel rage or anger or disappointment mm-hmm. and just always strived to be a blank slate yeah. of emotion. And now I just cry every day. People cry in front of me all yeah. the time. Yeah. People, <laughs> like, I could cry anywhere at any given moment and not flinch about it. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be sorrowful, which is joyful sometimes. Yeah. Um, I know. But yeah. I feel a lot more allowing in my emotions, and I feel just, it feels better to feel than to not feel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say like, this is not to like shame this person who's asking because this is such a good question. It's such a good question. But like, the idea that we need to keep emotions at bay is inherently white supremacist, colonial, in mm-hmm. origin. It's this idea that like the emotions are not a reliable source of information. That the emotions are make us hysterical. They make us erratic. They make us like unpredictable and that is like where you know in modernity like the idea that like the thinking mind is somehow above in value it's higher Mm -hmm. in value than the emotional um you know body and it that's just i'm working against that now i think you should absolutely involve your emotions like people people come to me this this is something (laughs) I don't think we've gotten to, but people are always like, I'm an empath. And I'm like, so's everyone. <laughs> but, but we have that trained the fuck out of us from such an early age. We're taught to ignore all the other sensory input that we receive and only use the mind and like the five senses as any kind of perception. And then try to like package your emotionality, your sense of feeling as like a gift. Yeah. Something exactly. abnormal exactly. or out of the ordinary. Exactly. So that like needs development. What if you could <clears throat> what if you instead of trying to keep it at bay, what if you could go have a conversation with your child self that was told to keep it at bay mm. and tell them that it's okay to feel as profoundly as you feel. Yeah. To let them in, to let the emotions in. And then also, not just let the emotions in, but then ask, this is going to sound so five elements of mine, but emotions, what are you trying to teach me? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I need to learn from this? What is this trying to help? How are my emotions trying to help me? Because... Yeah, what is this pointing to? Exactly. In some situations, it points to the amount of care you feel for some issue or cause or person. And then... Like, from recent experiences, we know, like, emotions tell us something about how we feel about our past or, mm-hmm. like, some memory or something that is still poking at us. Mm-hmm. If if you get in touch with your empathic abilities, you'll know that your pro- your emotions are also teaching you about place and, like, where you are, the land that you're standing on. Mm-hmm. Like, we're standing on the land of genocide, and there's no way... And not just genocide, but we're in L.A., which is extreme environmental terrorism, extreme gentrification, extreme... And, like, extreme, like, interpersonal hostility. Yeah. Like... Which I think could even be the creation of the depression of the land. Totally. Like... Yeah. There's so many, like, emotional imprints here. Yeah. 
and you're just driving through yeah. it all, like taking so many hits. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think you have to repress it or think of it as like you can't control yourself yeah. or some sort of weakness. Like yeah. your emotions are such a resource and yeah. such a compass and such a guide. Yeah. And like to me, I don't know who asks this, but like yeah. it tells me that you are like so on the right path and like yeah. in tune with yeah what you need to be in tune with. Yes. It's like an you're act- doing it right. It's an active resistance to listen to your emotions. Totally. Yeah. But also I, I understand why you would not want to. Yes. Like, it's, it's dangerous. Unsafe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like unsafe physically, energetically, and like emotionally. You could lose your job because you're yeah. feeling angry or oh, emotional yeah. or crying. Yeah. Like so I just wanted to acknowledge like I totally can relate yeah. to that. I definitely get it having been a teacher and having like witnessed like just every single day multiple harrowing moments of trauma and tragedy with my students and you know witness like I witnessed um on I can think of at least two occasions when one student tried to murder another student on my campus and having to like witness it then having to intervene having to process it myself having to witness the students process it bearing the weight of that whole those ordeals bearing the weight of like the sadness of the land that's holding all of us like yeah how do you not cry or become numb or like think of for me i want to think of like that is such an absurd request and demand. Yeah. And, like, we're asked to to divorce ourselves from that yeah. such essential, like, natural part of our being. Yeah. Like, at work, in your car, like, wherever you are. Like, yeah. That's a huge and unfair yeah. thing to ask of everyone. Yeah. Like. It, it also has wow. direct, um it directly impacts our physical health. So if mm-hmm. you're a person of color, if you're black, indigenous, a woman, queer, if you're any person that is marginalized by society and you have to survive like regular attacks on your identity or mm-hmm. like systems of poverty or racism that are like constant stressors, you will die earlier than people that don't yeah. have to experience that. So your body is trying to help you when you when it's time to process emotions your body's trying to help you expel yeah so that yeah that request is like a violence it's toxic yeah absolutely um the other thing that i'm thinking of that like if i could go back to if i was in the classroom right now and i would like be dealing with this i think that i would ritualize crying Mm. like i would turn it into i would make it a sacred thing and then revere it with the way we revere sacred things that way it would create a system in which i can't ignore that it's happening right and it has a place and a time yeah and it gets full attention yes yeah a while it gets the full attention exactly So, like, can you, anyone, can you ritualize your emotions? Can you 
yeah. you're our lives are rituals and ceremonies already. Yeah. So that makes sense to have. Yeah, to exactly. Make that part of yourself. Yeah. Like technology specialness. Yeah. Give it a home. Exactly. Give it a home. Make mm. an altar for your tears. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> Let me get the altar ready. <laughs> my body's an altar. <laughs> my sleeve of my shirt is an altar. <laughs> Anything can be an altar. Exactly. Your toilet, your sink, your porch. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I just want to speak on this momentarily. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of our spiritual work, we like make it too precious and like yeah. too complicated. It's like mm-hmm. your ritual is happening everywhere and like every moment is a moment of ritual. Yeah. Every space is a ritual space. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole earth and universe is sacred, so there's no place you can go to yeah. that is more or less sacred. It yeah. all has such a big purpose and such a life force and is at an intersection of so many planes of reality yeah. and like you get to be present in all of that. Yeah. So you're carrying that with you. There's no way to be apart from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great that's great into that. All right, we have just one left. And so this one is more of a psychic future asking question. (laughs) Let me get my crystal ball. I know. Um, This one, this question is asking, could Bernie Sanders win? And I'm guessing they mean the presidency. And are we walking into another war? I think we're. <laughs> I mean, that's a. I want to say, yeah, yeah to both. Like yeah. anything's possible. Yeah. But also, yeah. I'm not a psychic. Yeah. But what is? What do you feel? Are the deeper questions here? Like, am I allowed to hope for better times? Okay, talk about that. Okay. Well, first, I think that could Bernie win? Yes. Are we walking to another war? Yes. Not definitively, but like you said, one of the greatest lessons of the Akashic Records is that there is no time in the Akashic Records, and therefore there is not one set future timeline. Yeah. And like, there's no, there's no destiny. No. No hard thing that is going to happen. But because there's no one set future timelines, that means that there are infinite future timelines. Yeah. Which means, are there timelines where Bernie wins? Totally. Are there timelines when we go to like world war? Sure. Does that mean that that's what's going to happen? Absolutely not. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it for sure. Mm -hmm. So the answer to both of those questions to me would be yes. With those caveats of an understanding of what time actually is. Mm -hmm. But I think like we've had a tough go of the last four years and we want to know, is it safe to hope? Yeah. Assuming that Bernie Sanders is the representation of hope in this question. That's what I'm reading it as. I think a few things are happening here. One... We've been taught through the narrative of Americanism to put a lot of hope and ideals on one figure who is the president of the Mm. United States. Mm -hmm. And there are millions and millions of people that live in this country. And so if we're able to even deconstruct the narrative of what the president is, then we will see that we can have hope without him. Tell me if I'm 
off base with this. Is the president the daddy of the country? Like, it, it reminds me of, like, the same, like, romance story, like, hoping for that one dude, that one mm. frog you kiss, like, that yeah. one teacher who sees something in you, that one boss, like, always yeah. that one man, specifically, who, like, yeah comes and flips your shit for the better. Yeah, I can't think of a time when the president has actually impacted my life, like, directly. Yeah. Except for the time that I think it was Obama, maybe it was George Bush, that, like, sent everyone a check for $300 or something like that to stimulate the economy. (laughs) And that might not even have been Obama. That could have been, like, the legislature. It could have been, like, the Senate. But, like, I remember actually hearing it, that this is going to happen, and then getting the check and being like, okay. I didn't get one. Really? It was, like, 2008, 2009 or something. I think it must have been after 2008 because it was after the recession um, of 2008. But I think for sure, because look at who our daddy is right now and look at how many people are like stepping into the power that they couldn't step into in front of their dads mm-hmm. because oh, they're being forced yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like two things. One the records have told me multiple times to prepare for four more years of Trump. Yeah. You can read that however you want to read it. I read it as he's going to be reelected according to what the records say. Mm-hmm. That means that we're not done fighting for ourselves. If Bernie Sanders were to be the president, that would mean that we, w- we must be ready to do the work. And are we ready to do the work? Mm-hmm. Like, are we ready to do those things? Or are we just hoping for someone who will assuage our pain of watching this asshat destroy, like, public lands and, you know, the child separation? Like, like do all these things that we're observing. Are we, are we just hoping for some respite? There's no respite. It comes from us doing the work. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, totally. And, like, to... Like... Maybe we're not aware of, like, the things that we actually want, like, what that means, like, changing yeah. in our personal lives. Yeah. Or what yes. that means, like, sacrificing. Yes. Because it's not going to be, like, a clean shift. No. Um, no, especially if we look at the amount of power that, like, our Senate has. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like no matter who becomes the president again, like, there's still going to be a big time of discomfort and insecurity and uncertainty yeah yeah agreed agreed and the the records are very clear well the records orient us toward the akashic records orient us toward what have the benefits been Mm -hmm. what have the benefits been under trump because there have been some some of the things that i have observed are that people are activated to take action more regularly than before and i always point to this and i know this is problematic but let us look at the first women's march in la i was there and over a million people showed up in the streets and i have never been alive or witnessed a movement like that like with that number of people you were 
with a million people. I was with a million people. But even just that in one city alone, a million people showed up. Yeah. Like that tells me that people's light bulbs were turned on in their homes across California. People flew to California to go to this one. People Mm -hmm. drove in from other cities. Like something was activated. That is a huge benefit because we have been in a, 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 a cycles and cycles of complacency for so long. Mm. That was one benefit. The other benefit is we're having, like, I don't know if you recall this, but like, I remember the first time that we started talking about white supremacy as a normal thing and how the public wasn't yet. Like whenever you mentioned white supremacy, people would be like, whoa, whoa, I don't want to, that's kind of extreme there. <laughs> and now we have like, I just watched the last debate um, with all the Democratic nominees and they were like actively talking about white supremacy. Some were talking about it as terrorism. Like, yeah. It's a normal thing now to really start digging into some very um, painful realities of our of our society. Mm-hmm. And we would not be doing that if we weren't absolutely forced to. Yeah. And that's what Trump has made us do. Wow. So are we done with that? Are we ready to just get to work? Does anyone feel like that? I'm not going to answer that. But, like, I think that's something we should think about. Like, are we really ready? Do we know enough about each other, about what we value, what's possible, our own power as individuals, as collective, to, like, not have someone with their thumb pressing down on us to get into action? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Yes. TED Talk. (laughs) And I think that's all the questions that we have for today. Those are really good. Those were really great questions. Yeah, they I'm were. I'm so good. glad y'all sent them. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love doing this too because it's almost like we're talking directly to you and you're talking to us. And I really love that to all the listeners. Yeah, it's a real dialogue now. Yeah. If you have any questions for us that you want us to address, we'll probably do another episode like this in the future. You can email us at wearepowercrystals at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also DM us on Instagram at wearepowercrystals. You can DM me personally at crystals of Altamira. That's Leah's email, or Instagram. Yeah, I'm at Blue Rose Botanics. People are scrapping on my street. Can you hear that? Yeah, they're excited about election. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Until next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.